you're passionate about transforming retail operations and improving performance, plus you're accountable for key change projects and programs in your company, then you're in the right place. Welcome to the Retail Transformation Show with me, Oliver Banks. Hey, welcome to the Retail Transformation Show. It's Oliver Banks here, and I appreciate you tuning in once again to this episode, episode 40. Now, you know, just as well as I do, let's be honest, there are loads of challenges facing a number of retailers right now. And it seems whenever results are announced, there's always some form of reason out of the control of that retailer, of course, whether it's the weather, whether it's some other activity, political activity, whether it's the way that the Easter bank holiday falls. And those all play a part, absolutely. But they can't be part of your strategy. You can't be relying on the weather to deliver your results, right? At the time of recording, Sports Direct have just announced a set of results that they were not that happy with. But what was quite interesting is they were refreshingly honest. They acquired House of Fraser last year out of administration, and they're coming out and saying, we kind of regret that, not using those exact words, but that certainly seemed to be the sentiment that I picked up. And it was quite refreshing. It was taking the accountability, taking the responsibility for driving the transformation and the delivery to the endpoint that it has ultimately got to. But as I was saying, there are so many different things which you could call problems in today's retail market. Ultimately, you don't have any real control over them. You know, weather was one example. You know, it could be business rates and rent. It could be online sales tax, whether that ever comes around, etc. It could be parking charges. Perhaps it's the general economic performance of the entire country. Maybe it's Brexit or some other political issue in, in your country or your region. Now, these are problems. They do have an impact. Absolutely. But you don't have really any control over them. Sure, there are things you could do to try and influence it, but you certainly won't be able to make that influence by yourself. It's going to take a long time. A lot of blood and sweat and tears will go into every step of progress. And it may be without any positive, happy ending, let's be honest. So this week on the Retail Transformation Show, I wanted to dive into the challenges where there is something that you can do about it. There are a number of different challenges and they'll represent themselves in different ways. So I've tried to boil these down a bit more into the root causes so that you can take action, so that you can do something differently. And I've got five of these big challenges for you. So we're going to jump through them and we'll talk about some actions along the way. But you know what? I'd love to hear from you. So why don't you message me on LinkedIn or Twitter? I'm Oliver Banks on LinkedIn and Ollie underscore Banks on Twitter. That's O-L-L-I-E underscore Banks. Or you can drop me an email, oliver.banks at obandco.uk. Show notes from today are over at obandco.uk slash 40. So here we go. The first big challenge has to be not having a clear purpose or reason for being. And without a clear purpose, it's difficult to be able to consistently deliver something that makes sense in your retail operation. For me, that clear purpose 
sits right at the heart of your business, right at the heart of your, your whole retail business, everything from marketing through operations, through customer care, everything, product curation, everything. That clear purpose is your reason for being. Oh, and by the way, your reason for being is not just to sell stuff to people, okay? Just so we're clear. So without that clear purpose being in place, without that clarity, everything becomes a bit disjointed. And if it's disjointed, then it's complicated and it's confusing for your customers, for your staff members across the organization, even for your suppliers, frankly, that are trying to help you out. You know, with so many retailers facing financial challenges right at the moment, one of the easy drugs to get into, let's be honest, is discounting. It's easy to go after and it gives you short-term cash flow, which sometimes absolutely is needed. I get it. But it is a drug. It's difficult to get off, particularly as you start to lap yourself and you're talking about like-for-likes or year-on-years. You're not really playing the same ball game. If you're trying to get out of that discounting mindset, it's difficult and it's so easy just to slip back into it, which is why it is like a drug. And I'm sure you've seen examples of that. But if you're not in that place, if you're not discounting, but one of your competitors is, and you're selling the same or very similar product ranges, what's your differentiator? Why should someone pay you full price when they could walk across the road or walk across town and pick up the very same thing with perhaps a 20% discount, a 25% discount, a 50% discount? Who knows? Well, the reason for that is that you've got a bigger purpose. It's not just that you're selling a white t-shirt. It's not just that you're selling a particular book. There is something bigger around it. So that purpose, that relevance forms part of your USP, your unique selling point, which even after all of this time, it's still a sound business strategy to pursue. So what is it that you can do about it? How can you find your clear purpose? Well, there are a couple of different episodes that I'm going to reference you back to. Maybe you've listened to them already, at which point a refresher could still be really valuable for you. Or maybe you're new to the show over the past few episodes and you've not heard these ones. So you can dig back into the archive a little bit. So the first episode is episode 25, Become a Relevant Retailer. And in that one, I give you uh, some guidelines as to how do you find that core purpose. And the second podcast I wanted to refer you to was episode 26, Defining Your Retail Operating Model. Right afterwards, it's all about taking that purpose and building it into the very heart of what you do as a retailer. Because let's be honest, if you just have your clear purpose and you don't build it into the heart of your of your operations, of your marketing and so on, they just become empty, hollow words. And that's no good for anyone at all. So you have to be able to define it and then live it. And like I say, in episode 26, you'll find out some tips to make sure that your operation is is lean and focused on that very core reason for being. So the first big challenge is not having that clear purpose and not living it. Number two is about not understanding your customers. Not being clear on who they are or what they feel is a big challenge for retailers, particularly offline retailers with physical stores. Certainly many retailers generally have no idea who they're selling to. Someone comes in, they can make a purchase, a sizable purchase, 
and you have no information on them at all. You don't know if they're a loyal customer, whether they're coming in, spending money with you every day, every week, or whether they're a first-time customer. They've never walked into your store, but they loved it. And if you don't know who they are, then you don't really have a way of being able to have a meaningful dialogue with them. In turn, you can leave money on the table. And essentially, you have no feedback channel that is effectively letting you listen to how those customers are finding life with your retailer or or in a bigger sense. Even if you think you do have that feedback loop, if you don't know who your customers are, you do not. Because if you're a first-time buyer and someone asks you for feedback, maybe you get a a little uh, prompt at the bottom of your store receipt. Do you go and fill it in, you yourself? I know I don't. But if it's a retailer that I'm engaged with, I'm, I'm, uh, I feel respected by, and I want to give them some feedback, good or bad, then sure, then I will. But it's not until I have that relationship built up that I'm going to invest the time in giving them that valuable feedback. If you're interested by this whole topic, then again, I'm going to encourage you to dive back into the archives, back to episode 30 and 31, which was my catch-up with Tim Mason, celebrating his new book, Omnichannel Retail, and also exploring how he, when he was CMO or Deputy CEO at Tesco, how he tried to get more in touch with customers, gather more intel, so he could be more relevant and he could have a greater affinity and loyalty with those customers. And it's also worth pointing out, it's not just about feedback or loyalty either. Personalization is a huge trend in retail right now. That's both product personalization, where perhaps you're having your name put on a t-shirt or a mug or whatever, but also marketing personalization, where you're getting personalized offers, where you're getting emails or communications that make sense to you, your buying habits, your interests. I opened up a discussion on LinkedIn about some of the biggest challenges facing retailers recently, and I wanted to pull out a particular quote from Ed Armishaw of Salesforce. You need to understand who your most valuable customers are and reward them, not through discounts, but through heightened personal experience. Ed, you're spot on there. And that all comes down to really understanding your customers, being in touch with your customers, loving your customers. So what what should you do about this then? Well, number one, you've got to understand who your ideal customers are, and really get into the heart of them. What is making them tick? What inspires them? What deters them from being your customer? You need to really look in and understand your customers and your ideal customers as people, as individuals, not just as stats. I strongly believe if you are trying to market to a a set of demographic stats, you're going to completely miss the mark. You're going to leave so many opportunities on the table because... No one is a stat in real life. We're all people. We have complicated lives. And retailers succeed when they recognize that and they look to solve the problems or simplify the life of customers. They're being relevant. Comes down to that as well, right? You can speak to staff members who are regularly interacting with customers or, and I hope you're sitting down for this one because it's a big shocker, you could actually speak to your customers face to face have some empathy, get into their life, understand what's going on with them, how they're feeling, what their challenges are, what their opportunities are, what do they dream about, and how could you help them with that? Certainly, as I'm talking to 
clients and potential clients for from my consulting work, the whole piece about ideal customers is becoming a richer, more relevant conversation, more and more. So if you're not talking about ideal customers, then you've got to make a start, okay? You've got to make a start. And if you need help defining your ideal customers, if you're not sure where to start with that, then do reach out, drop me an email, oliver.banks at obandco.uk. And it would be great to talk to you about what approach you're taking and some of the different options available to you. So that was number two, not understanding your customers. Number three is really quite an interesting one. It's recognizing the need to transform, but not actually knowing how to go about doing it. It sounds a bit crazy, but let's be honest, it happens a lot. And it results in procrastination. It results in delays, wasted money, wasted time. And of course, ultimately, no change. And in this cutthroat retail world that we live in today, if we're not changing, then we're going to die. It's really adapt or die. Transform or die. And we've seen plenty of examples, right, of businesses which have not transformed. They have not taken action. And they are not here with us today, unfortunately. Now, Toys R Us is an interesting example. Massive in the 80s and 90s. But then as the world started to evolve, we became more digitally savvy as consumers. They stood still. Arguably, they actually retracted. They became more of a boring offering. They didn't transform. They didn't adapt to the new world. And they went away. Now, what's interesting is they're looking to come back now under the brand True Kids and in collaboration with with Beta as well, which I think is super exciting. I think they are going to get that transformation. They are going to get that new lease of life. But it's taken a huge amount of pain. And so many people's lives have, of course, been upturned as that business died before it's evolving. So if nothing is changing, nothing is transforming, and that is a slippery slope, do not let this particular problem become the end point, essentially. If you recognize the need to transform, you need a strategy. And hope is not a strategy, let's be honest. If you have no plan, no approach, no conviction, then it means that your vision is turning into a daydream. Your strategy is turning into a wish and your results are coming down to how hard you're crossing your fingers. So what can you do about this then? Well, you have to really understand the status quo. If you are on a burning bridge, you need to be very quick about this. If time is limited, you need to be very, very quick. You need to really understand the problem. And if you understand the problem, it's going to be so compelling to get after that solution. Then that is going to be a big help, a big driver. You need to prioritize what you do. You've probably got a long, long list. But you need to focus on your biggest bang for your buck. You need to focus on the biggest fires, not necessarily the easiest thing to do first. So from there, build a strategy, build an effective roadmap, how you're going to go about doing this and make sure you've got the teams in place with the right skills and the right focus and the right priority as well. You don't want them being pulled pillar to post, particularly if they have day job operational responsibilities as well, which happens, right? And the day job must go on, but it's also easy for the day job to completely take over and the transformation never happens. It's tough, I get it. But you do need to take action. You do need to do what you say you're going to do. Do not be distracted. And we'll get onto that in a little bit. So as I hinted at earlier, 
I help consulting clients all the time with this and I love having the focus to really get after a given transformation and really drive that progress forward through effective program management. So that's number three, recognizing the need to transform but not actually knowing how to go about doing it. And number four is semi-related to that. It's about old school thinking and behaviors not being welcome in the new world. The role of retail is changing. The boundaries of retail is changing, particularly if you're running both physical stores and online channels as well. Natalie Berg, in that same conversation I was referencing earlier, Natalie Berg said, defining success when stores are no longer purely about selling. And I think that's really interesting. We're seeing more and more stores that are acting like a showroom. We're seeing more and more stores that rely on driving people to online channels or letting people from online channels drive into stores as well, blending the shopping trip. And again, another couple of podcast episodes to reference you back to. Episodes 19 and 20 with Jennifer Fruhoff talking about online retailers who are jumping to offline. Now, there are lots of different interesting points in those episodes, so do go back and have a little listen. So the role of the store is changing. It isn't dying. It's not going away. I strongly believe that. But it's not just about what happens in the four walls. It's not just about the one big box. It's about the whole ecosystem, cross channels. We've spoken on the podcast before with Andrew Busby. Metrics like sales per square foot are not useful anymore. When you could have customers making huge purchase decisions in the store, but on their mobile, that that just gets completely ignored, completely invisible if you're looking at old school metrics. So the boundaries of retail are changing. So that old school thinking needs to adapt as well. Silos are one of the big, big challenges in retail and to be honest, many other businesses as well. Siloed thinking is a great barrier to making progress. And siloed behavior with no leadership to break down the barriers is a recipe for disaster. As the customer, you can begin to see the company structure and organization. You can begin to see the silos with clunky handovers and the unwillingness to have different teams helping each other out. And that, it, it can't go on anymore. That's not the place anymore. And of course, the other big old school thinking and behavior piece is the whole fear of failure. And that's a difficult one. And it's something we'll probably jump into in a future episode, to be honest. You know, there is a lot of nervousness over trying something new and it not working and being reprimanded, blackmarked, whether it's right or wrong, and whether it's true or false. It's certainly a mindset that happens. So you've really got to start thinking about what's the worst that could really happen. If we do try something, then let's back it out if it's not working. If it's a total train wreck, then let's back it out. Let's look at how we can do testing ahead of time. Look at certain elements of that transformation and look to minimize them. And the fifth item that I wanted to share with you today is, frankly, forgetting or assuming the essential elements of successful retail and being distracted by shiny, sexy inventions and innovations. Consumers still want to buy quality products at good prices, and they still want a brilliant shopping trip. They want to go into your store and get what they want with great availability, whether that's online or offline. They want easy and stress-free shopping experience. They want to trust the retailer. They want to feel like they've not been done over. They've not been tricked out. They want to trust the product. They want to know that it's going to work. And if it's not, they're going to still be supported. They're going to have customer service to help them. And the classic, and I know you're going to roll your eyes at this because it's so obvious. 
A smile and a warm and welcoming greeting always goes a million miles in store. And I say you'll roll your eyes because it's so obvious, but it happens very infrequently. And when it does, and I'm sure you know this yourself as a consumer, you kind of get the warm and fuzzies, right? It feels great. Being human is something that we all seem to be forgetting. It's as if our addiction to smartphones is kind of like infecting us through our fingertips, right? And spreading into the rest of our body. You know, we're now restricted to 280 characters as a conversation. Interesting, eh? Graham Salt in the in that same conversation. Here's a direct quote from him. Many retailers have stores that present a tatty and joyless appearance, which give shoppers little reason to cross the threshold. So true, Graham. And what I particularly love about it is that it's so easy to go after. You know, you need to make sure that your team still understand the importance of these age-old retail classic aspects. Don't let customer-facing metrics and performance fall off the radar without knowing about it. Go with your gut feel sometimes. Do what is best for your customers. So those are the five big challenges facing retailers right now. Of course, there are many others. You know, there are different cost challenges that we could dive into. There's the whole piece about Amazon, which you could dive into, or, you know, how online is consuming footfall from high street centers. But you've got to remember, look at what is in your wheelhouse. Look at your circle of influence. What can you adjust? So as a refresher, those five. Number one, not having a reason for being, not having a clear purpose and not bringing it to life. Number two, not understanding or knowing your customers. Number three, knowing you need to transform, but not actually knowing how to go about it and not doing it. Number four was all about old school thinking and old school behaviors. And number five was about forgetting the essential elements for successful retail. And finally, if you'd like my weekly transformation briefing with insight, opinion, and more of my thoughts, what I'm thinking about a particular podcast episode as well, which is quite interesting, you don't get that anywhere else, then make sure you go to today's show notes page. That's obandco.uk slash 4040 and sign up for my transformation briefing emails. It's free to subscribe, free to unsubscribe. It's a weekly email newsletter, but it's more a a views letter. And you get to hear more from me every single week. I'd also just like to very quickly remind you about the scale challenge, the global innovation challenge, looking at supply chain and logistics enterprises, that's scale supply chain and logistics enterprises. Then if you're thinking about it, you want to make sure you're getting your application in. There are going to be limited places for each invention. And if you're not sure what I'm talking about, but it sounds interesting, you can either drop me a note and I'd be happy to tell you a whole lot more. Or you can actually go back and listen to episode 34, where I dive into it with Rosemary Truman, who is the founder of the Center for Advancing Innovation. Very broadly, it's a free to enter global innovation challenge where you could win a brilliant idea. So you don't even need the idea to go into the challenge, but you do need the attitude and the energy to go after it. And remember, if you are applying, make sure you choose me from the drop down and you get a free coaching session with me to help you be more successful and drive you through to being a winner on that. I'd love to, I'd love to see someone from the Retail Transformation Show audience win that challenge. And there are going to be a number of different winners as well. You can find out more at scalechallenge.org. 
So let's wrap this episode up right here. And I hope you have enjoyed it. I would love to know what you think. What do you think are the big retail challenges right now? What do you think is a distraction that you cannot influence? And where do you think are the big challenges that retailers have the ability to turn things around? Show notes from today are over at obandco.uk slash 40. Hit subscribe if you're new to this one. And I look forward to joining you on the next episode. Have a great week. 